It's The Wow Show with your hosts, Donna Lyons and Elizabeth Ertel. This show will wow you up with some of the most fascinating guests from around the world. It will excite you, thrill you, amaze you, and bring you to your knees. The two blonde bombshells will electrify your wowness and raise your wow factor beyond limits you never expected. So let's get crazy and have some fun right here, right now on The Wow Show. And now it's time for your royal wownesses, Donna and Elizabeth. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Wow Show. I'm your host, Donna Lyons, coming to you live from Washington, D.C., right here on Lyons Radio Network on iHeartRadio. We're so glad to have you guys back, and we're so excited for our guest today. Elizabeth, hello. Hello, my darling. It's a beautiful, sunny day with lots of snow. We're great here. How, is, how are you, and how is everybody today? I think everybody's great because we have the coolest guest on today. I'm so freaking excited. <laughs> We've been waiting for him to come on. It's Tony DeFranco, and he's part of the DeFranco family, and they were a 1970s pop music group and family from Port Colburn, Ontario, Canada. And that was a group of siblings, Benny, Marissa, Nino, Merlina, and Tony, who was the lead singer. And the group had a number of hits between 1973 and 1977, including Abracadabra. And their biggest hit, Heartbeat, It's a Love Beat. And we are actually going to listen to that after our interview today. I'm so excited. And I would like to welcome Tony to the show. Welcome, Tony. Hey, thank you for having me on, Donna and Elizabeth. Uh, What an intro. I love it. (laughs) Hey, Tony. You know, I... And and apparently I'm cool. I'm sorry. (laughs) Hey, that's going to be one of my questions. Do you think you're cool? (laughs) You know, I I always try to be cool. (laughs) But you try too hard, you're not cool, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, you've been on quite a journey, and it started really when you were like around four years old. And at 10, it really took off to a whole nother level. Can you tell us a little bit about that journey to get to when you had the hit Heartbreak? Or Heartbreak, heartbeat. sorry. Yeah, yeah sorry and it turned in, eventually turned into a heartbreak because, yeah, never mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the journey started off with my dad. My dad, it was his dream as an immigrant from Italy, and one of the first things he bought was a guitar. Long story short, he threw his five kids on stage. Um mostly me up front with the maracas and it was all I could do, but I was literally four. They're like, get up there, kid, you know, shake your butt, do the twist, whatever, get busy. So eventually we, we started performing in the Niagara Peninsula, various weddings and functions and parks and graduated to me actually uh, being bribed by my mom to sing a song or two. I think Hey Jude was one of them. And um, and then it went from there. So uh, a gentleman saw us, uh, approached my dad, said, hey, let's send some pictures to the teen magazine. Um, I think you have something here. And it just ramped up from there. It took off. And, you know, how did your parents, because that fame at such a young age is, I mean, it had to be amazing and scary at the same time. But how did your parents feel about the fame and how did they help you kids deal with it uh, I think 
I'm quite certain they loved it, but it was also scary <laughs> for them. It was scary for all of us because it was a major change in our lives. So here we are, you know, uh, a pretty sheltered family living in the Niagara Peninsula, Canada, flying out to Hollywood. My dad has his regular job, you know, hard hat, working in a nickel factory. He doesn't want to give up his regular job and his income. So he stays home. Mom comes up uh, with us to Hollywood and stays with us, and, you know, to chase the dream. But it was definitely, it was definitely hard for them. Um, but at the same time, having the whole family together and my mom there uh, is what grounded it and made it possible. Because if we were sent alone, it could have been a real mess, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there are pictures of you guys just getting mobbed wherever you would go. And you were, and speaking of that, you were one of those groups that became really hot along with the Jackson 5 and the Osmonds. You know, they were that same era. Was there any competition among the groups, and did you ever get to meet any of them? Uh, I don't know if it was a competition. It just seemed to be uh, what was happening in those days. Um, definitely met the Osmonds a few times. Uh, the Jacksons, I actually went to private school with Michael Jackson. We And the, the Jackson uh, family, they lived in Encino. We lived in Tarzana in the Valley. We see each other all the time. And if I can share my quick Michael Jackson story with you. <clears throat> yes. So Michael was rarely there. He was rarely there. So one day, I, I'm shooting basketball with a couple buddies of mine. And trust me, I can't play basketball to save my life. So pretty bad. <laughs> well, you know, missing the net, whatever. I look up at the steps of the school, and Michael's standing there all alone, looking lonely. He rarely came to the school. So I go, guys, hold on. I run up to Michael. I go, Michael, come on, man. I know, I know his brothers love basketball, right? He, you know, his whole family did. He's like, no, no, Tony, that's okay. I'm like, no, Michael, come on, man. Just, you know, I'm not any good at this. Let's just have a little fun. And I'm, that, that's my terrible Michael Jackson voice, but I'm sticking with it. And she goes, no, goes, no Tony, I don't like to sweat unless I'm on stage. And I was like, okay. And I patted him on the shoulder and, and walked away. But, yes, we met, we, we met them all. It was good times. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> I can't that is a great story, by the way. I love it. Now, you have yes, kids. What do, they think, what do your kids think of Dad as the hot pop star back in the day who graced the covers? of so many magazines uh, and posters on the girls' walls. I mean, you were like, girls would put yeah, their posters I, on the wall and kiss it. <laughs> I think for a long time, I, I just you know, I just kind of put it in the past. I put all my memorabilia in the closet, and the kids really weren't seeing it. And then eventually the stuff started coming out, and I would start doing the occasional gig, and they were like, huh? Wait, what's going on? And then – they're, they'd go to a friend's house to play, and the mom would go, what do you mean your name? my son's name is Tony DeFranco? they go, Tony DeFranco? You'd be like the singer? And my son would go, yeah, that's my dad. And of course then, the mom is flipping out. My son is like, what is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Do any of them want to get in the business? Uh, no, they didn't. Um, and, and I'm okay with that. And part of me wanted, because I've heard my son is sh- – somewhat shy, but he could play the guitar, and I've heard him sing once or twice, and he didn't know I could overhear him, but he had a great voice, and when I approached him to, uh, to try it, he's like, no way, that, that's your deal, Dad. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> you know, but at the same time, I don't know, as great as it was for us, 
you know, there's definitely a downside to being with the business, especially as a child star, that yeah. I didn't really want to put my kids through that. It's it's tough. How did you deal with it? That is a good question, though, that I was just thought of is, like, how did you deal with that when it started to slow down? Was that really tough for you guys, or were you okay with it? Uh, I'm going to say it was, it was definitely tough because you're going from you're on the A-list. I like to say we're on the A-list. Maybe we weren't. To being, you know, you're going down. So the quality of gigs mm-hmm. you're being offered to now suddenly you're like, oh, well, you, you're offered this gig. And as things start to cool down, and then you don't have a record deal anymore, and everybody wants a piece of you when you're successful. Everybody loves you. Everybody loves a winner. Right. And when you're not, all of a sudden your phone calls are not getting returned, and, you know, your yesterday's news, and you're labeled as a bubblegum pop star, and trying to make that transition was really hard. So, yeah, I'm not going to speak for my siblings, but I, I, I would say it affected us all pretty hard trying to mm-hmm. quickly transition into a regular regular world and a regular life. Yeah, I could, I could imagine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, no. Elizabeth, I know you had some questions. I'm going to hand it on over to her. <laughs> Hi, Tony. So, Southern Ontario family, Southern Ontario boy. Mm-hmm. We were almost neighbors. I grew up in Waterloo. So. <laughs> oh, very close. Yeah, very, very, very close. close. Uh, by the way, I also played the maracas. So you weren't the only one to play the maracas. Yeah, it takes so some you know. skills to play the maracas, i got to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to have rhythm. And, and let me give you a little, little tidbit. My dad went and bought a drum kit for me, but I was too little, and I couldn't reach the pedals and everything. So we transitioned it to my sister, Merlina, and she rocks it. But I was like, I find out about that later, I'm like, Okay, I became the lead singer, but I wanted to play the drums. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was what I was wondering. So there you are, is this little guy playing the maracas. Like, was there any other percussion instruments that you played, or did you get morphed right into the like the lead singer then? Uh, oh, you have no idea. I even learned to play the trombone because my brother oh. Benny played the trumpet, and we played Herb Albert tunes. And he goes, and I always had the, the intro, ball, ball, you know, big deal. I had two notes yeah. uh, with my trombone, but hey, <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> I played the trumpet. I do have to tell you that. I played for like 10 years, um, just private <laughs> lessons, and that is one of the funnest uh-huh. instruments to play. <laughs> yeah, oh, that I, is, I didn't know that. That is really cool. You were so young when you started. Hmm. Now, yeah. how did you cope with as you started to grow up? And let's face it, you were, you know, a young boy and vocal changes as you started to morph into your more adult voice. Yeah. How did you cope with that song-wise? Yeah. So I basically went overnight from being small for my age to just growing so fast I had growing pains. Every joint in me hurt. My hair went from the helmet hair you see on the album cover to this big curly, you know, hormones were raging and my hair <laughs> curled out. But <laughs> regarding uh, singing the songs, it was like, okay, got to lower the half step. You know, it's, I can't reach those notes anymore, not in that key. And so you're just slowly adjusting, bringing it down to where you can actually get to the high notes and heartbeat, um, which were pretty high. And uh-huh. in those days, 
and it probably still is, but in the music business, you're told you record that at the highest possible key you can do. And it, you listen to the history of a lot of great hits. There's people just singing at a very high, uh, high key, and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But we hear them live, they're not, they're not getting anywhere close to that. Oh, that's interesting. I, I, I sing as well. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm going to go back. I, I'm going to go way back in time for a minute because this was, this was something all of us girls had, Tiger Beat Magazine. Uh-huh. And I, <laughs> you know, I, I, that I, I was the YouTube of the day. Yeah, yeah, you know, the you and the David Cassidy and the whole nine yards. Did did you find right. that that actually, I mean, that that's great notoriety. Back in those days, I mean, you didn't have internet and all this stuff. So magazines right. like that, that's what all of the girls or the young guys, whatever, if they were looking at the girl bands, that must have brought you or really increased the notoriety for you as well as the band, right? Right, right. So I think, you know, like you said, it's pre-internet. <clears throat> it was pre kind of everything. It was pre-MTV. Yeah. And it was a great marketing ploy. So Chuck Lawford, publisher of Tiger Beat Magazine, once he received the photos of me that were sent, he's like, I think that kid has something. What he did was he did a few tester photos of me in a couple, couple of the magazines, and they just wait for the response. And so the mail's coming in. He's like, huh, okay, we're getting a lot of mail for this kid. And so they put bigger pictures, bigger spreads, <clears throat> put it in there. Meanwhile, they fly us out. We're working on the songs, trying to get the right songs, trying to manage to, you know, find the right songs to go in and do. And I, I, from what I recall, we just did three. We did Heartbeat, Sweet Loretta, and Love is Bigger Than Baseball, maybe those three. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Tiger Beat was – so girls would go to the corner store, the 7-Eleven or wherever mm-hmm. they went. They'd buy the magazine, and it was – that was the marketing ploy, you know, today everything's about YouTube or whatever, but um, that's how it was back then. That's what we had. That's what we had. Uh, you know, you, I know, I know you are, but I hope that you are very proud of the, the era that you played in and the music that you created, because we're talking late sixties into the early, into the mid seventies. And that really, truly has been some of the best music out there. And then what happened? Disco. How did the band yeah. deal with that? So it, it was a combination of forces coming coming at us. It was once we had success, all of a sudden mm-hmm. everybody around us, from management to record company, um, producer, and possibly myself, everybody was pushing for a little bit more decision-making power and putting their muscle forward. And... Mm-hmm. What I didn't like was they were trying to change our sound, and I thought we had a proven sound that was really signature to us. And I would, if I had, if I was older, I probably would have had a little more say in the matter. But that didn't happen. And then disco comes along, and it was killing anybody that was doing pop. Disco just oh, took yeah. over for a couple of years. So we went in and we did a song that. Um, was our answer to disco. It was called Drummer Man, and it never got out on the radio. But, you know, I'm going to say 20 years ago when I re-released the family albums on CD, I included that song as a bonus track. Okay. Yeah. Well, guys, we are running out of time, and I want to thank Tony so much for coming on today. You are you're awesome. I hope you'll come back and join us again. I absolutely will. Yeah, so, so oh, if I can do a awesome. Pitch, that would be fun. 
if I could do a shameless pitch, we were talking about doing a live show to celebrate 50 years of Heartbeat. It's not going to happen. It's just logistically we couldn't do it. So, but we did come out with a DeFranco family merchandise store. If people want to buy stuff, we got some fun things on there. It's DeFranco.store forward slash. And um, it's only been up for about 10 days or so, and it's been a big success as far as I can tell. Thanks for sharing And I'm going to let the listeners know, too, that um, you guys can check out the link um, in the description of the show, and there will be a link for you to click so you can go directly to the merchandise. Perfect. I appreciate that. And, Thank and, you, you again, know, Tony. Maybe, we uh, totally appreciate time, it. Hope you, you, you got, maybe that? next time you can play the trumpet and you can play the maracas and we'll do a, a, a <laughs> trio. <laughs> We should, I think we should all sing together. We all sing. I think we should all just sing and play our instruments. Yeah. And, yeah um, you got and it. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you again for, <laughs> thank you again for having me on. I, um, Thanks, I much appreciate Tony. it. You rock. Thank you, thank Tony. You. It's been great. Have a great rest of your day. You too. Take care. Bye bye. Bye. That was so much fun. <laughs> I'm just grinning ear to ear. I mean, that's just, he's great. It was so nice to have Tony on the show. But that yeah. was our, that was our era. And it's so fun to have a blast from the past. You know, it's when we get these people on that we listened to growing up or had these crushes on, or, you know, we listened to that music. We grew up to it. And so it's just so nice when we're able to bring these icons to our show and so thankful she was here. And Elizabeth, as always, I love having you on. Um, I couldn't do this without you. And uh, we are going to play the song Heartbeat in like, I can't believe I called it Heartbreak earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh, she, oh wow. <laughs> it's a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a oh, heartbreak. <laughs> I, I love you too. And I, I, I just love that we are, we're having so much fun together. And you know what, everybody, make sure that you stay gracious. Always have a grateful heart, and we love you all. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. And here is Harpy.
and Elizabeth, you two are hilarious. Thanks for always bringing smiles to all the listeners. Keep on doing what you do best. Love it, and love you beautiful, sexy ladies. If recent temperatures are any indication, it looks like we're in for another cold winter. Make sure your residential or commercial heating system will keep you warm all season long by calling the five-star heating experts at Crop Metcalf. A Crop Metcalf five-star technician has the training and tools to properly fix and maintain your system and can catch potential problems before you're left out in the cold. Call 1-800-GO-CROP or visit CropMetcalf.com. And remember, Crop Metcalf is the one with five stars. Crop Metcalf, home of the five-star technician. Wells Fargo presents one of the surest ways to grow your money. A Wells Fargo CD account, where you can earn a 5.00% annual percentage yield on an 11-month term with a minimum opening deposit of $5,000. Visit a Wells Fargo branch or wellsfargo.com backslash CD rates to open a CD account and start growing your savings with us. Wells Fargo Bank, N.A., member FDIC. 